Good morning. Welcome to 2021. Another year and who knows. Let's start off by saying no matter what, Jesus reigns, our salvation is secure and his return is just that much closer. And so I guess it's on that basis that we go back to what we've been dealing with. Oops. Is this thing on? Lights and writing. Oh, pressing the wrong side. <laughs> Last year we covered the pinky, keep watch. We covered the ring finger, stand firm in the faith. The middle finger, be courageous. And so today, to begin the year, it's the index finger. And actually, when you think about it, it's the busiest finger of all. It seems to, as we go across, that the fingers get ever busier. And so on one side of the index finger, we've got these other four, and they're all used for power grip. Whenever you need to do some heavy lifting, grabbing a lever or a handle, that's on this side of the index finger. And then you take them away and then you have on this side of the index finger the thumb. And that's when it's, you need that finger to use for precision. You know, like threading a needle, taking a pen and using it to write, drawing, doing up buttons, fingernail, I mean shoelaces. And probably the most important of all, Picking the cherry off the top. What do you reckon? And then look carefully at the groom cutting the cake. On one side, you can't see it, it's his thumb. Then he's got three fingers holding the knife and then he's got the index, index finger. And where is it? On the top there, you know, make sure he cuts it nice and straight. Another thing, a feature that helps not only all our fingers, but the index finger especially, are a thing called fingernails. We've all got them, haven't we? Touch something gently and you find what happens is the fleshy part of your finger start to give because the bone in there is so short and small it cannot give enough support. So what you have is the fingernail up there sort of spread out, spacely there to give a widely spaced pushback so that your fingertips can grasp precisely. They also help with uh, removing that splinter, scratching that itch, all adding versatility to our hands. Uh, and then the index fingers used in a lot of what I call non-verbal communication. It's the pointing finger. For example, there are two exit signs down here at the front. But if I tell you, ask you to look at the exit sign to my right, which one are you going to look at? Your brain has to unscramble the fact that my right is your left. But to save all that scrambling, what do I need to do? Point! 
hey, it's also the wagging finger. You know, you're in trouble. I've got a lot to say to you. What's the finger doing now? Am I going crazy? Another one. What's it saying now? Keep quiet. And now Paul says, let the index finger speak. Speak for our hands, for our whole lives to be strong. But it's not about big muscles, like we saw in our children's story. Well, like we've got there, Olympic weightlifters who only have to do it for a few seconds. Where it's all down to kind of real technique because you're holding all that stuff above your head and if you're not careful, you could really get hurt. Now, Paul is talking to everyone here today, even the most fragile amongst us. Be strong. 24-7 type strong. Be It may be that tiny little word that comes down to choice. If I choose to be, God will provide. Just as he did with courage that we talked about last time. That verse, be courageous and strong. What Moses said to Israel and then Joshua, they repeated it over and over as they're about to enter the promised land. Go. Go possess the land with strength and courage. And we know that first time Israel, they were not up to it. Second time, well, Canaanites were still there. They were just as strong as they ever were. But Israel had changed. They became strong in the Lord. And what started way back there continues to now 2021. As Paul Paul says to us, finally... In the book of Ephesians, at the end of the book, he says, Finally, when it's all said and done, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. You might not be much on your own, but in the Lord you've got it all together. Kind of reminds me of a testimony I heard of a young lady several years ago in a church up the front here, where she told us how that she was at work and a colleague observed that she kind of looked like she had her act together. Had her act together. What does that conjure up in your mind? They saw something right about her, something whole about her as a person, and indeed it was a genuine compliment. Definition of strong. The kind of strong that can do the heavy lifting, 24-7, not just a few seconds. Just as it was said about Jesus, he took up our infirmities and bore our diseases. He could carry all that. And just as Jesus is our inspiration, our example, we too can support and uplift those who need it, who need it on our part. And when you combine these two verses, you come up with an analogy, the analogy of a bridge. How many bridges are in the world? How many do you take for granted? So easily taken for granted. You drive along the road, you come to this gulch or river, there's a bridge and you're over it without a second thought. Bridges just sit there, they say nothing. But they get you to the other side. On the other hand, 
How do you build something like that? Well, you see, you need to get to the other side. You believe it can be done. Well, do you like working from heights? What do you need next? Bit of courage? And then you've got to build it what? Strong. Hey, where have I heard all that before? So we too can become like a bridge anchored on both sides. Earth, heaven, down here, our salvation is sure. Lives built to hold together. But if it holds together, nevertheless, it looks pretty, well, flimsy, doesn't it? See how both sides, how solid they look. And how far down is the chasm? That all starts with our index finger talking. It says to all the other fingers, we need to be strong. Our fingers say to our hands, be strong. Our arms, our whole bodies, we hold our lives together. We hold it together. And we take account of all the details, right down to every detail. Look where the stress points are. Where are the anchor points? Where are the supports needed, the reinforcements, enough to carry the load? That's a bridge. God may build bridges. We need plenty of them in the world. But we are, where we are, we are needed there. We have to be there 24-7. Like Hannah, who prayed to God to give her a child. And God gave her Samuel. She gave him back to God. But that's not the end of it. We see a verse as the story continues. Samuel was ministering before the Lord. A boy wearing a linen ephod. That's a kind of a robe that comes from the neck right down to the feet. Something appropriate to wear in the sanctuary of God. He was dressed for the role. But where did that robe come from? There it is. Each year his mother made him a little, and I was cheeky enough to add another word, a little bigger garment, robe, and took it to him when she went up with her husband to offer the annual sacrifice. So back there then, everything's done by hand. Hannah is at home, spinning out the thread from the wool, weaving back and forth, back and forth, everything by hand, holding tight when needed, detail when needed. She became the bridge for her little boy who only needed to walk across to become one of God's great prophets. Hannah's hands became the instrument in God's hands. And for Samuel, it was so, so easy because she was there. So we too can become a bridge from earth to heaven for our children, for, through, through our testimony to others, as we uphold our families, as we uphold the church. God is able to work through us a bridge at the right time and in the right place, right where it's needed. And then it makes it so, so easy. We can carry the load. 
Lives that have got it together, physically, mentally, spiritually, a wholeness found only in God. And yet on the other side you may feel completely inadequate. After all, look at the supports needed for a bridge like that. We're stuck on a place where we have to struggle against rulers, authorities, the powers of this dark world, as Paul says, spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. That's the side we're stuck on, but on the other side we have the promise. If God be for us, who can be against us? So it all comes together, starting with our fingers, our hands, our bodies. And yes, we have to put in all the time and effort that's needed on our part. All boils down to that old-fashioned word. You've probably heard it before, work. You know, science is just discovering the effects of work on the brain. Busy hands, just doing something. Something to do with the repetitive actions of our hands induces the brain to start making stuff called serotonin. It's a natural chemical that affects mood and kind of makes you feel good. Indeed, before pills were invented, an old doctor's prescription was to tell at least stressed out women to take up knitting. Hands busy down here, feel good, starts up there and then works through the whole body. You know, hands with so little to do, no purpose. And what happens? Doctor, I feel so depressed. There it is. Prozac. More Prozac. And all the side effects. And see how different it looks to serotonin. You know, Professor Kelly Lambert of University of Richmond said, I made up this term called behaviorceuticals instead of pharmaceuticals. In other words, you make it yourself up here instead of going to the chemist. In the sense that when we move and when we engage in activities, we change the neurochemistry, what's going on in our brain. We make serotonin instead of having to use Prozac. So what I'm telling you is get busy. Prepare the evening meal. You know, chop, 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 slice, slice, slice. Peel, peel, make, bake, end up with something delicious, satisfying, and you'll feel good. Oh, you want to microwave a pre-packaged frozen meal. Okay, put it in. Feel good? No. Filling? No. Gravy, watery? Yes. Hey, do you know what? This Professor Lambert has even found that lab rats are happier if they have to work at finding lunch. I mean, using rats as a good example? Who'd have thought? Hey, it's all part of the package of being strong. As we get together, we put in the effort. We've got it all together. We're in a position of strength and we come uphold and uplift others. Let's move on. The sun is about to rise. They're organising for a busy day ahead. 
when someone burst in. They're about to crucify the master and everything stopped. Dead silence. A moment seared in their memory of these women who loved and followed Jesus. They hurried along with the crowds. They picked up fragments on the way. A midnight arrest, several trials. Now the Romans were involved. And when they got there, they could see for themselves the grim business of an execution Roman style. And Matthew says many women were there, including watching from a distance. They had followed Jesus from Galilee to care for his needs. And while Matthew says many, other Gospels includes Mary, Jesus' mother, another Mary, Salome, Joanna, and the one that's mentioned most of all, Mary Magdalene. Most stayed the whole day watching events unfold, taking in every detail, every word. And then at about three o'clock they heard Jesus cry out, It is finished, and then his whole body went limp. And they knew and well understood death back there then. But soon after, two rich, powerful men turned up. Joseph and Nicodemus. They saw them hand something to the centurion in charge who stood back and waved them on. Now with some ladders and servants, they helped bring his body down, set it and wrapped it up with, with myrrh and aloes. And then these women, they followed as they carried his place body to a place of burial, a tomb carved out of the rock that Joseph was intending to use himself. It says, the women followed Joseph and saw the tomb and how his body was laid in it. In other words, they could see a still bit of white inside the blackness of that tomb as the stone came and fell into place. Then they went home and prepared spices and perfumes. But they rested on the Sabbath in obedience to the commandment. They saw him die, they saw him buried, and then they hung on, held it all together on that never-to-be-forgotten Sabbath as they were consumed with every detail, every detail leading up to what came next. For in the morning darkness early Sunday, they set out to do what had been denied them that Friday afternoon, to anoint Jesus' body according to their customs. But they had a problem. Who will roll away the stone? Those stones were heavy. I don't know how archaeologically correct that is, but they were obviously designed to cover a whole pla entrance place. And they were also designed to have a little groove at the bottom where they sort of rolled down into to stay there. And you needed some muscles to push them up and away. Not until they got there and then they found the stone rolled away. Not only that, the tomb was empty. Then through a series of angel interventions, why seek ye the living among the dead? And then Jesus himself began to reveal himself, first of all to Mary Magdalene, who went to the disciples with the news, I have seen the Lord. And so it was these women that became the bridge, the bridge from death to life 
from crucifixion to resurrection, from earth to heaven. His first witnesses anchored both sides with all the details that are retained in the Gospels for us today. And just as Jesus said, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria, and the bit that applies especially to us, and to the ends of the earth. And so today, as it comes down to us, we are his witnesses. We testify to Jesus' death, burial, resurrection. And in upholding that fact as we do so, so we are saved. Salvation comes to us and to anyone else who listens, hears and believes what we say. Once again, so, so easy. But then again, in particular, those women at the cross, they were the first And maybe today it's also our mums. They're the first. They're the ones that uphold those little ones. Down to the very, very last detail. You know, the last button. They're all done up, aren't they? The last strand of hair is perfectly in place. Down to the last shoelace. That's what it means by staying strong. So much depends whoops where am I going? So much depends on our hands. And there's another bridge designed in Vietnam with some hands holding them up. Another closer picture. Oh another one. So much depends on our hands with each finger. Whoops, it's not working. One that says keep watch. One that says stand firm in the faith. One that says courage. And now the index finger which says be strong. The one that holds it all together on one side and the other attends to every detail. It's the one that points the way. And yes, I guess it's necessary. It sometimes has to wag. And then we look In the yellow, next time, it's the thumb which says, let all that you do be done in love. Eighteen forty-four, seventeen-year-old Ellen Harmon was given her first vision. The vision of the Advent people travelling on the narrow path towards the holy city. And they get up there to the point where they are gathered on the sea of glass with all the saints. But before they could enter the city, they had to be given three symbols of their new status before God. A crown, a harp and a palm branch. It's a crown I want to focus on. It says in the vision, when Jesus brought the crowns, and with his own right hand placed them on our heads. Some of them had very bright crowns and others not so bright. Some crowns appeared heavy with stars, while others had but few. All were perfectly satisfied with their crowns. To have a crown makes us kings and priests in the kingdom. But what are the stars? Read on. In their crowns of rejoicing, 
Those who are rescued by them and are finally saved will shine as stars forever and ever. They are the ones that you have rescued. Stars that will shine in your crown forever. Now we come to one final one that I've extracted from the original. The Bible Echo, once again, same author, Ellen White now, published in Melbourne here in Australia, 1892, when she was here. And this is what we have. There will be no one in heaven with a starless crown. If you are saved, there will be some soul in the courts of glory that has found an entrance there through your instrumentality. So I'm pointing my finger at you and you and you and you. No matter who you are, stay faithful. Keep faith in 2021. For, you know, there's going to be someone in that better land who has point the finger at you and say, it was you that made the difference. You are the reason I am here today. Yes, only Jesus saves. That's the global picture. But to be an instrument in someone's salvation, can there be anything better? But does everyone have a star? Does that include the thief on the cross? He was only saved for a few hours and the chasm was just as deep. Well, then again, what I've put up there already, that bridge high in the French Alps. How many people is it carrying? How many in history walking to the gallows remembered and were inspired by that thief? How many deathbed confessions inspired by that thief oh then we go back to Hannah there we are we left her weaving didn't we well we can say for sure she's got one crown a star in her crown only one maybe but what a star let me say once again this series is operating strictly at ground level all our time and our effort in upholding our children, upholding this church, upholding those finding their way to God, none of it is going to be wasted. Wherever you live, wherever you work, it is through your hands, my hands, words and efforts that we become instruments in God's hands right down to his fingers. And surely that's something to look forward to in 2021. Shall we bow our heads? Dear Father in heaven, I want to thank you that through your spirit and your grace we are saved. I want to thank you that you've put our lives together in such a way with all the structures in place that we can become a bridge for others. Starting with our children, starting with other members of our family, for people in the community. And may it be indeed the promise is sure that they may become a star in our crown in that better land. So dismiss us with your blessing 
And may we rejoice in this fact today for Jesus' sake. Amen.